everybody and welcome back to Input 2. So as you may know, Dumbo's coming out and I know that we're all very excited about it, but guess what? We're broke college students, so none of us have gone to see Dumbo. So we're talking about just Disney remakes in general. Yay! I am your host, Emily Rubin, and with me today I have... Tanner Kinney. And... Ashley Curry. Yay! Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Uh, so just really quick, like... General consensus, what do we think about like the modern sequels as a whole? Well, the you mean the remakes, right? Yeah. The modern remakes. Not sequels, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, the modern remakes are all cor- cynically corporately designed to make <laughs> as much money as possible with as little imagination as possible yeah. by making shot-for-shot remakes of the originals well, that are just overall less creative and less imaginative. Well, looks like we can pack it up, boys. There it is. All right, Ashley, um, what do you think? I, it's a bittersweet thing for me. I grew up Disney. I love Disney, so I like seeing them come to life, like the princess and stuff. But it's also like I can't deal when it's a shot-for-shot remake. Like if you add something else to the story, I'm good. Like I heard the new Dumbo, though, again, I haven't seen it. It takes place after the animated movie. Like it's after he learns how to fly. And so, you know, that's adding a whole new level. But, you know, if it's the same thing I've already seen, not very entertaining anymore. Yeah, I feel that. So, you know, before we can really dive into these Disney reboots, because that's kind of what they are. They're just reboots of the original. We have to talk about the cursed era that was early 2000s, because this is not the first time Disney has gone for the cash grab. (laughs) They kind of have a history of it, actually. Thank you, Michael Eisner. Thanks, Michael Eisner. Best CEO ever. (laughs) I love you, Michael Eisner. He didn't uh, bring about a lot of problems, especially in the, you know, realm of the amusement park. (laughs) 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 That's a different podcast. That's that's not an even... That's not even a podcast we have on this program. (laughs) So we took a hit at, you know, (laughs) Jeffrey Katzenberg. We didn't take a hit at Jeffrey Katzenberg. We actually kind of took a hit at Disney and how they mistreated Jeffrey Katzenberg. And we looked at DreamWorks. So let's look at Disney. And Disney is really interesting because in the early 2000s, they kind of decided they wanted to make more animated films and television shows, but they didn't want to spend the money on it. So... All this information comes from the Animation News Networks, um, and it's an article called Disney's Animation Cash Crop, Direct to Video Sequels. And it's a really good resource, and I highly recommend you check it out. But basically, in the 1980s, Michael Eisner, the CEO of Disney, and Jeffrey Katzenberg, and he, Jeffrey was a huge player. He now goes, he now works at DreamWorks. I think he still works at DreamWorks. I believe so. Yeah, he still works at DreamWorks. Um, and if you're interested, check out the Shrek podcast we did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a trip. But... Um, their management team decided that they wanted to be a major player in TV animation. And at first they didn't use Disney characters when they did this. They made things like the Gummy Bears show yes. or the Wuzzles. You know, the Wuzzles. Wow. Classic characters. <laughs> the classics. The classics. So they, they basically were like looking at merchandise that could be made into shows and not really doing like the whole Mickey or like, you know, I don't know. There wasn't like <laughs> Lion King wasn't out, but, you know, there wasn't an animated film character that they used as a main TV character. But then in 1987, DuckTales happened, and it was just a huge hit. And so they were like, okay, we really need to get on this train of more animated things for TV specifically. Then the Disney Renaissance happened when The Little Mermaid launched in 1992, and Disney was like... Yes, animation. We're going back. Because they've been doing live action for like the 60s, 70s, and 80s primarily with an animated film here and there. We could get in the Black Cauldron. (laughs) Let's not get in the Black Cauldron. TLDR, the Black Cauldron basically 
it all it nearly killed Disney. Like it it just Aww. it was a film that just did not work it at all. It was a film that no one wanted. It, and I would love to see them actually remake that one, to be honest. But they started to make Saturday morning cartoons for CBS, and this is where the problems started happening. They started wow. equating uh, these television-quality shows to films. And as we all know, the quality in animated TV shows does not match no, at yeah. all feature-length films. Yeah, I mean, the like... Uh, I'm a big fan of the Disney cartoon, like DuckTales. Me too. I love Tailspin, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, all of those it. are amazing. Yeah. And that's because they're all really creative and they use their budget, their limited budget, their limited time that they have to their benefit, as opposed to the low budget sequels. <laughs> so, it, yeah, they basically, with those shows though, like they're not trying to continue a story that was already done. Like it was wrapped, like the Little Mermaid's wrapped up. We, it's done. We have a happy Got ending. It. It's done. So to make a movie out of the Little Mermaid and make a Little Mermaid 2, it doesn't really work. But yeah. like with Chip and Dale, it's its own story. And make a Little Mermaid TV show. Yeah, they do have that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a thing. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. <laughs> So guess what happened in 1994? We had our first sequel, and that was The Return of Jafar. That was also not needed. <laughs> no, it was not needed. But to be fair, I guess it's not the worst. No. Because Aladdin <laughs> also had a second sequel that was oh. a King of Thieves. And I actually like that one. I do, too. No you worry. learn about his parents and his dad, and I thought that was interesting. But, like, Return of Jafar was not needed. Return of Jafar gets a pass because I like Agrabah and Kingdom Hearts 2. And Agrabah <laughs> and Kingdom Hearts 2 just follows Return of Jafar's story. Oh. This is the second time you brought up Kingdom Hearts I'm on this sorry. podcast. <laughs> we can't escape it. But basically, the reason behind these sequels are like, think of it this way. So the feature-length Aladdin movie was in the, like, the source says 100 million, like, to make that film. In comparison, Return of Jafar was, like, 3 to 3.5 million. Dang. So that's, like... A bajillion Return of Jafars that they could pump out instead of working on a huge film like Aladdin with, like, crazy good quality and everything. Not to take a hit at Disney Toon Studios, who I'm sure did their very best, but they didn't have a budget, basically. So here's kind of how it all worked. There was a TV animation group and then Disney Toon Studios, and they worked together. Disney Toon Studios is in Australia, and they basically made the sequel film. So they made the feature-length film. But then the TV animation group used the films that Disney Toon would make to make a TV show. So, you know, The Little Mermaid is wrapped up. We have a happy ending. Disney Toon will make The Little Mermaid 2 as a soft reset so the show can continue. That's not how it worked for The Little Mermaid. They just kind of did a prequel for the yeah, show. But friend. that's the general idea. Think like Lilo and Stitch. That's what they do. Hercules also had a TV show that yep. made no sense It was a horrible whatsoever. show. That was the worst one. Yeah, that I was, was like, pretty bad. Because like, he went to fight all these like gods and stuff, but he's still the skinny little kid. And I'm like... What are you doing? Also, like in that one specifically, how Hades isn't supposed to know that Hercules exists until like way later. Yeah. So that whole thing didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, they're really just for kids to not pay attention to. Yes. So this this is how the studios worked. They had the two studios working together to make a TV show and a direct to DV, direct to VHS. Sorry, we're not in DVD territory yet. Uh, sequel. So this continued until 2007, where the Animation News Network reported that Joe Strike, um, he worked in the animation department of Disney, announced that Disney sequels will end after The Little Mermaid 3, 3, in 2008. It was 
There was a third one? Yeah, there was a third. What? Don't worry. I got to Google this. You didn't miss anything, I promise. It was miserable. So ABC Australia reported in Disney Can's Australian animation operation that Tim Brooke Hunt from the Animation and New Media Division of the Screen Producers Association of Australia reported the revenue from the sorts of Disney Studio was uh, the revenue from the sorts of uh, product Disney Studio is making from areas such as DVDs has recently undergone quite a downward correction. So basically, they weren't making money in Australia where they were produced. So Disney was like, "Let's just get rid of them." Was that a wrong decision? decision? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's fine. No, no one misses these. I Maybe. mean, I miss some of them. I mean, I get it because, like, for parents, you can just oh, you like uh, you like Hercules. Uh, Why? Here's Hercules too, <laughs> <laughs> and then they can walk away. And the kids are probably too young to understand quality. Though as a kid, I there are some that was like, this is stupid, and that was the Hunchback of Notre Dame too for me. Yeah. Uh, Enchanted Christmas, you have it on the list here. Yeah, I had I had the VHS for that. <laughs> that one, Tim Curry's in there. Yeah, it, as as a, uh, as a as a as a seductive organ. <laughs> yeah, you never seen that one. It's no. He's like, okay, so basically, we're gonna talk about this one because this one is just egregious because oh, Belle is I'm one of the scared. best princesses. She is, and in this one, she is just devoid of any personality she doesn't take she doesn't stand up for herself and she's just like i want to make the beast happy what yeah and yeah. that is and not her another thing <laughs> is that this takes place during the events of beauty and the beast yeah while she's what? being held captive yeah because the beast is still a beast and that's wow. that's Interesting. like a good example of like the issues that arise from these sequels, prequels, and midquels even, is that they take the characters of the original and they just downgrade them all, basically. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a sequel that did something better overall. Can you guys? Hold on. Oh man. All right. Something. All right. I'm I'm gonna drop something. Oh no. That. Oh, no. I really like Lilo and Sti- the Lilo and Stitch sequel movies and the TV show. I do. Too. I love the TV show. I, I hold I hold them very dearly, and that's not just because my older brother was a huge fan of Lilo and Stitch and forced us to watch all those movies multiple times. And it's basically Stockholm syndrome. I actually <laughs> do enjoy what they did with all the different aliens that yeah. are essentially like super powered creatures that Lilo has to befriend and catch and send back into space. They're kind of like Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I'm anyone who knows me personally. I'm a major Lilo and Stitch fan, and I was very terrified to watch the sequels because I had seen what Disney had done with other sequels. But I do really love the Lilo and Stitch sequels. Stitch has a glitch; uh, breaks my heart at parts because Lilo was very mean to Stitch. Mm-hmm. But it was beautiful, and I don't know. It was. I feel like the Lilo and Stitch ones added something to the story versus you know just trying to like beauty and the beast just yeah. insert something in yeah and another the another sequel that did something that you know attempts to be a new story <laughs> is uh lion king 2 okay can i tell uh, my story yes that's, that was part story. of the reason i segued to this oh my gosh okay so tanner doesn't like it and it is a stupid movie it is but it's the best animated it is very high quality. <laughs> it yeah. is. So fight me on that. But okay, when I was a little girl and Lion King was my absolute favorite, they brought a girl lion in. So I was like, 
I can be her. I can be Kiara. I even have like, if you search for my YouTube channel, I probably deleted it, but I did like a dub of Kiara. I'm glad I was poor, so I wasn't able to oh, do that. Oh, it's a terrible mic. It's not good. This is not like good. Um, but basically, there, I had this couch and I would pretend that the arm of the couch was like Pride Rock when I was one. <laughs> And when I was small pride rock. When I was watching this movie, and I had cats, so obviously I'd grab my cats and I'd hold them up like Kiara or Simba. Now, one time I lost my balance, oh, and God. there's a coffee table right there, so I literally flipped in the air and hit the edge of the coffee table oh. while Lion King Two is playing. You know, like freaking uh, Inupendi's going in the background, <laughs> and I uh, I flip and I hit the side of the coffee table with my like my head. So now I have a permanent scar under my eye, and it's because of Lion King Two. Wow. Wow. And you know who else has a scar? Your cat. Oh. Uh, Scar's Scar. son? Yeah. Yeah. Nuka, played by Andy Dick, who's one of the worst people in Hollywood. Is that slander? No, because I'm kidding. Ha ha ha. This was all a joke. It's all a joke. But I'm not a fan of Andy Dick. Um, yeah, so that's my Lion King 2 experience. It personally scarred me. <laughs> quite, quite literally. Yeah. No, I can't say I had that experience. I just... It, it the movie just didn't it just was boring. Yeah, like, I think can, like sorry, I think the biggest problem is like they brought in Scar had this entire like pride somewhere that, that, that we that never no one, saw. Yeah. No one knew they were just there. And yeah, of course they're trying to do a Romeo and Juliet. Ha yeah. ha 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 because Lion King is based off of Hamlet. Ha ha ha. No. Kind uh, of Kind of loosely. It's stolen from a Japanese series called Jungle Emperor Leo, but that's an entire another conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I it is e- blatantly stolen. Yeah, you know what? I yeah. had ads for those on my VHS tapes for Pokemon. Me I was, too. I was always really confused. I was like, is, "What is this Lion King?" They even stole the black on Simba's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Down to it, Simba. Like, wow. Kimba. Kimba. Wow. <laughs> There's even a the cloud scene in the original Lion King is taken from that movie. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh. But wow. yeah, the the sequels are pretty much like they introduce like Deus Ex Machinas, they like cop out. They're like these characters that was supposedly existed, like Ursula's evil sister, Morgana. That you remember Morgana? Saw. Yeah, where was she? Yeah. Where did, where, 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 she was where in another she, she was she was in another ocean. Yeah. Apparently. Or like we saw Bambi grow up with his dad. In Bambi 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. Bambi 2. Bambi 2 always confused me. I was like, I thought he was alone. When did that happen? I, it's like, isn't the whole point of the movie is that Bambi's alone and he <laughs> makes friends with the wilderness? Uh, the Fox and the Hound 2 is really bad. Uh, they made it like uh, they're country singers. Yeah, the dogs are. And I was like, huh? And Reba's in that. I think a fun fact. <laughs> I think one that really, really hits me is uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. Um, oh, isn't the one with that blonde, the little blonde? Yeah, because uh, Quasimodo needs a girlfriend. Yeah, Apparently, he needs a girlfriend, of course. You know what was really great about the original? Um, it kind of showcased that like you don't have to get the girl to be a hero. No, and that was pretty beautiful. But you know what? I guess you just scrap it. Nope. Yeah, the the new <laughs> message is now even if you're ugly, you two can get a you two can get a girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hopeless. <laughs> it is like the symbolism in that movie is so bad. They're like, 
the outside of a bell is cracked, but you look inside and it's beautiful. What does that mean, guys? Guys, symbolism. I mean, the, the kids got to get it. Kids are stupid. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was really bored at that movie. It's just like, that's my favorite. Uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is my favorite Disney movie. And I know it's flawed, but I don't care. Um, and just to see that they like they're downgraded and the characters I love so much and like not being them, even as a kid, I, I didn't personally dig it i didn't watch a lot of sequels growing up like i've like gone back now and watched them but like you lucky child yeah uh, i was too enhanced with the originals that i was like i'm gonna watch all these i watched like the same like 10 movies most of my life growing up so yeah my, my grandma had pretty much the entire collection of disney sequels like she would buy them for it <laughs> She would buy them for her own library, and then when we visited her, we'd watch them. So I have memories of all most of them. I won't say all of them because I that's not true, but most of them. I have some faint <laughs> recollection of sitting through and being like, wow, that was kind of boring. I'll be honest. Okay, I will give credit to one movie. We talked about Lion King 2. We were talking about before we started recording Lion King one and a half which it was fun for what it did I enjoyed it I mean it was dumb it it was incredibly dumb but I'm not gonna say it it. wasn't entertaining it was entertaining because it was ridiculously entertaining it's obviously a parody yes so I don't mind it and I love Timon and Pumbaa so it just made my life better as it when I was younger yeah it's pretty fun but you know what we're not done because even though the sequels ended Disney wasn't done with us. Disney's never done. No. So, what basically what happened is now we have I'm calling them the requels. <laughs> the requels? <laughs> and uh I'm going I, with that. Um and so we saw things like Alice in Wonderland start to pop up with uh, you know my 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 favorite director um I was about to say Tim Allen. <laughs> That's not correct. <laughs> oh my gosh, not Tim Curry. Oh my Tim god, Burton. Tim Burton. Guys, I'm a film student. <laughs> yeah, Tim Burton. Anything he directs usually falls apart, uh, at least recently. So hey, hey, let's not curse Dumbo. It's not a good movie. I can tell you that from like reading about what? it. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. But I guess we can't really talk about it because technically we haven't seen it. So then we have like Maleficent, and which is basically the wicked treatment they just did, you know. But guys, she's not really evil. She's misunderstood, and we have to see how she became evil, which is is it, aren't. I'm confused because aren't they doing a second? They're doing another one. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm confused on where that's fitting in. I. It takes place after Kingdom Hearts. Stop. (laughs) I don't think so. I hate. Why are you like this? But then we have Cinderella, and we are going to talk about Cinderella a little more in depth. Um, So this is the first big princess movie that came out. Came out in 2015. It had an 84% critic rating and a 78% audience score. So. It did not fail by any means. It was actually no. very successful. And I remember this distinctly because Frozen came out very shortly before this. Mm-hmm. And um, they were in the theaters at the same time. And it was kind of, um, most people were going to see Frozen, but there are definitely people like lining up to see Cinderella. Um, after rewatching this, um, I I would rank it pretty high on the, uh, yeah. the requels, as we're forever yeah. calling them. I personally like hated the original Cinderella. 
And I actually liked the live action. I liked it better than I liked yeah, the original. They, they added a lot more de- they added a lot more details from the original like yes. fairy tale that Cinderella's based on mm-hmm. into the uh requel. Uh I guess is now we have to call them. Uh <laughs> TM. And you know, it it made it added a lot more depth to Cinderella as a character. Yes. Who overall was pretty Bland, bland. yeah, and generic, in the cartoon, yes, boring, yeah, I stand her. I I think this one is interesting because it looks really good. Like for the most, mm, costuming looks really good. <laughs> Let yeah. me backtrack on that. Costuming looks very good. You can tell that's where a lot of the budget went. The CGI in this film mm. is an omen for what's to come. Um, I give it some slack because it's older than the more recent sequels, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but. I think the comedy really fails in this, like, hard uh, for yeah. me. It's I would have liked it a lot more if they just didn't, and it, I think it would have been a stronger film, personally. Uh, but I get it. It's for kids. Uh, also, this one is odd because of the choice for the evil stepmother. Um, she's not... Again, they try to, like, justify people being evil. Yes. It's very strange. Like, we ha- it seems like now... In a lot of children's cartoons, we feel like we have to do that. Like, people aren't, can't just be bad people. Here we see Cinderella talking negatively about the stepmother, and the stepmother overhears it and is, like, obviously upset about it. Um, odd, because, like, <laughs> we it's just, we don't see... Lady Tremaine doesn't care what you have to say, Cinderella. It's just a strange choice because, like, they don't let her be empathetic in any other way no. or really see how that statement affects her. Yeah, some people are just evil. Yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. You, like, Lady, Lady Tremaine in the original is awesome. <laughs> like, she just sits there and pets a cat. Yeah, she's intimidating. <laughs> and I, I, that is something I really like about the original as opposed to the remake. But overall, well, how do we feel about this one? Good? I liked it. I mean, for being, like... Again, the first one, it was kind of them testing the live action thing. I mean, obviously we had some others before that, but like the, first the big princess. princess one. And I thought it went pretty well. Like, I didn't want to, like, gouge my eyes out. So. I could watch this one again. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was thoroughly entertaining. Also, okay, weird, weird tangent, but... Okay, I'm a big nerd, so Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones are my thing. So Rob Stark is in this one. He's the prince. Yeah. But also, I when the the mother, not the stepmother, the mother of Cinderella is on screen, I I leaned over to my fiance and I was like, she sounds just like Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. And we looked it up. It's not her, but this woman that plays Galadriel is in the movie as the evil stepmother. Oh. Wow. Isn't that odd? Like, that's just such an odd uh, Middle Earth thing going on. What wild coincidences. (laughs) So just, they get points for that, I guess. Odd choice. But you know what? We're going to move on. And even though this comes out after the other film we're going to talk about more, we're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast, which came out in 2017 because it's the other big princess movie. Wow. I hate this movie. I hate it. I I cannot I rewatched it again and I still tuned out halfway through. Um, I watched this first on my flight to Japan, and um, I kept falling asleep, admittedly. Uh, but I so I kept like starting it over, and I think for me this is an example of a like they didn't know how to remake this and change things appropriately. They changed things that didn't need to be changed, but areas that should have had updates weren't. Thoughts? <laughs> um, I had mixed feelings about this. 
I did like some aspects of it. I liked learning about what happened to Bella's <laughs> mother. I thought that was interesting. Oh, I hated that. See, I liked it because I've all, I'm I'm very curious about things. So when there's an unanswered question, I like an answer to it. And I kind of like seeing the beast. Like in the original, there's like the stained glass window telling of how the beast was before he was a beast. But you actually got to see it, which I. I mean, I that's liked. fair. Mm, I I think that. The original Beauty and the Beast does a good job with uh, show don't tell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like with the the Beast, they tell a story through a stained glass window. That's something artistic. That's something you can do through animation, but you can't do that live action unless yeah. you use CGI, which <laughs> which would have uh, been horribly <laughs> wrong. I will say the like wolves them. looked okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay at best, but yeah, it's it just misses some of that creative spark mm-hmm. in the way that you tell stories through animation in the live action movies and Beauty and the Beast is the biggest culprit of that of yeah. the all of the recent live action movies yeah whenever I describe this movie to people I refer to it as a dead movie um, Emma Watson does not really <laughs> act and she doesn't sing you can tell how no. much she has been edited it like she is flat I I you, you know what? opinions are valid but she is insanely flat she is not a singer she should not have been cast in a musical role i i think they cast her because she's a feminist in real life and bell is largely associated with that so they wanted like a good role model for bell and she does kind of look the part um she's also a huge name people are going to come see hermione granger on film being mm-hmm. bell the most popular princess I know. yeah i was so excited because i was like bell is gonna be one of my favorite actresses but you know that's how they get disappointed. you yeah, I I just I thought this movie just lacked heart. I thought it lacked anything of quality. It's insane to me how many people like this movie. If you do like it, that is completely fine. I just in terms of filmmaking, I I think this is the weakest example. And this movie offends me more than even the worst of the uh, Disney direct to DVDs or direct to videos. Yeah, uh, because the directed the directed the directed video sequels, they. They didn't ruin it. They didn't, like, ruin an old story. Yeah. You still have no. the original. They just you, added. You just, they added things that didn't need to be added. Yeah. And you can always just ignore it. Yep. You can't ignore the problems with the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Sure, the original's yeah. still there, but you want to see a reimagining. You don't, that's Why? what this is for. You and know, it fails. What really hurts me is, like, kids are going to grow up and see this before the original animated film. Yeah. And the animated film is just brilliant. I mean, it, it the amount of work that went into that film, they tried to tell a story and do it artistically. This one, they just wanted money. That's it. See, my family, because I have a little sister who's like 10, we make her watch the animated before we go to the live action, just so she knows. Good sister. This is, this is where it started before you judge this. Because, like, it saddens me because she now refers to Emma Watson as Belle. And I'm like, no. No. Paige O'Hara. She's Belle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Let's talk about a, what I think is a good one. So the Jungle Book that released in 2016. I picked this one to talk about last just because Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast are, you know, they're the princess movies. The Jungle Book is actually interesting because the original was not, it does not have the popularity of these other two Disney films. Um, this is the best one, in my opinion. Oh, yes. It was 
It was good. I did go in a little shocked because I watched the, like, obviously I'd watched the cartoon. It's a little bit more violent than I remember the cartoon being. Mm, yeah. And so I was sitting there. I was like, oh, my gosh, this was not in the original. I, I mean, uh, it worked, though, so. I, when I watched this for the first time, you know, and Shere Khan goes up to the wolf, you know, and he throws him off the side of the cliff. And I was just like, did I was like, did that just happen I was like, in a kid's movie? I was like, this was not part. I was, I was looking at my sister trying to gauge her reaction because she was like, what was this, 2017? She was like nine. I'm like, are you okay? Like, yeah. Mentally? Like, are you going to be okay? I think in terms of just filmmaking, this is the most powerful of the movies. The CGI is probably the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are obviously problems, especially when they close up on the animals. That's when you really start to notice the Uncanny Valley. Um, but for the most part, especially with like Bagheera, um, yeah, they it's really well done. Um, I think Baloo just always looked strange to me. I don't know why. I think it was the face. Um, uh, <coughs> King Louie. <laughs> I was trying not to talk about him. I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> nope, I'll, go for it. The first thing I think about when I think about the Jungle Book movie, I love this remake. I think, like, I said that these were soulless cash grabs at the start, and they still are. Yep. But the Jungle Book has the most life to it. They also yeah. change things. Yeah, they, they changed yes. a lot of things, because the original Jungle Book is boring. Yep. Yeah. It's not a very interesting film. They added a lot of interesting elements into the new Jungle Book, into the Jungle Book remake. And, you know, uh, King Louie. I I just I I love Christopher Walken singing. Uh, <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> uh, I the the thing that was so funny is like you know they kind of sing earlier in the film. Um, the bare necessities makes sense. Like every other song is taken out. Yeah. But the bare necessities they're just kind of naturally singing it together. Yeah. Um, then King Louis song happens. <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> And it's so good. It comes out of nowhere. It's and Chris, if, you know, Christopher Walken doesn't really sing. He's like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, be do. <laughs> and it, like, it's so funny because you can perfectly picture Christopher Walken standing behind a mic with his deadpan face looking at the script, having not read it before going in. And yeah, it's it's not good, but it, it might be my favorite scene, just how yeah. crazy it is. They're, they're on like the 12th take of it. And it's like... <laughs> They can't, they just Chris, can't you have it. to sing. <laughs> it's yeah, I think that's the weakest part uh, for me. <laughs> My only concern is because it was such a success, they're going to try to do a sequel. They are doing uh, the Jungle yeah. Book Two yeah, is coming and out. The Jungle Book Two was okay, but not that great. But there's no, um, unless but they didn't end this movie the like the original. Way. He didn't go back to the Man Village. No. So we don't know if it's just that's going to true. be like a completely new story. Yes. Uh, this, let's let's hope. And of course, uh, we are talking about the Jungle Book Disney version and not the uh, Warner Brothers uh, recent live action version of the Jungle Book that's called Mowgli. Oh, yeah. From the yeah. people that brought you Pan. Yeah. Let's not talk. No. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason we're Stop. not talking about that. It's also not Disney, but you know. Is this Canada? <laughs> So the Jungle Book did really well. Um, you know, Cinderella had an 84% critic rating, Beauty and the Beast 71%. Jungle Book has a 95%. And obviously critical scores aren't always reflective of the overall quality. In this case, it absolutely is. If I was a kid, I would absolutely eat this up. And I love this movie now. But as a kid, this would have blown my mind. I, I love the character development. I loved everything about it except the voice acting. 
Well, you know. Hated all the voices. I don't feel like anybody was acting. Everyone's just like, like Lupita Nyong'o is a wolf. And I'm like, that's just Lupita Nyong'o speaking. It's fine. Who was caught? It was, um... Dang it. Wait, I feel I don't think it was Scarlett Johansson. It was it was it, it was. was. Yep. But she was also she was also called Mowgli, the Warner Brothers version. Shh. I what's going on? <laughs> like literally it's just her speaking and it's like you're not emoting. They just added like a reverb, a slight echo to her and it's like that's not a pr- you can't just do that. It's all I also want to point out this movie has a few allusions to the Lion King which I thought were interesting. Like they do a stampede scene. Um there's a scene at the end when Shere Khan gets thrown into the fire that almost perfectly mimics Scar getting thrown in. Um, I don't say that as a negative or positive, just something I picked up on. Um, It'll be interesting with the live action. It's our little taste of Lion King. Part of the cinematic universe. (laughs) Oh, no. No! No, (laughs) We're going to get to the point where it's like um, Lion King versus Jungle Book. Mowgli takes on Simba. (laughs) It's going to be just... I don't know. When I was a child, I always had like this dream that all the Disney princesses were going to be in one movie. Yeah, they're, they're in Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph too. Okay, that's not what I uh, meant. But <laughs> I was like, they're all going to team up and take down a bad guy, and then never happened. Well, Wreck-It Ralph too, man. <laughs> yeah, the bad guy is my own personal sensibilities. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about like why are these happening now? We ended the like trend of direct to video movies but why are these remakes happening now they're coming out like year after year in an interview with abc news film critic zach hepburn made the point that the disney versions of films are remakes themselves and i don't think this is like a new fact for anybody cinderella has existed forever basically i don't even know if it like when man started walking if cinderella didn't exist like (laughs) yeah cinderella was actually written by a very smart velociraptor (laughs) as we know absolutely yes (laughs) Thank you for that image, by the way. Same with Beauty and the Beast. It was actually, you know, it was a French story. These are not original to Disney. But regarding the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast, this is probably like the third time that they've been put on screen, according to, you know, Zach Hepburn. And I can't give you the exact amount, but I argue it's probably more than that. Because, probably. you know, it's public domain. Anybody can make the Beauty and the Beast movies. Yeah, I, I tried to look on Netflix for <laughs> this specific Beauty and the Beast remake. And I saw so many different ones. There are yeah, so many that use the story. There was a Beauty and the Beast like TV show yeah. that was like about cops. It was a crime yes. drama. Yeah, I was you like, know, huh? we've gone too far as a society. We need to stop. <laughs> and I, we mentioned this briefly, but Disney has always switched between live action and animation, especially in the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Uh, but in that time, they were just not profitable, and that's why the Disney Renaissance happened in the 90s. That animation just started to take over live action, and now the animated films that we grew up from with from the 90s are now dated, so they're switching back to live action. And Hepburn says, we're in that time now that those films feel outdated, and that younger audiences just don't relate to them. That's what he says. I disagree. But we also grew up with them. I guess, but animation as an art form yes. is not outdated by any means. It's just that they don't, uh, Hollywood has no respect yeah. for animation. No. It is also insanely expensive, I will that say. Is, that is true. 
to continue kind of what Hepburn says, he just, he states, we're just in a different cycle. And for a studio that is as eternal as Disney in the Hollywood system, you're going to see a studio go through different production periods. So it's likely in like 10 years or so, we're going to switch back in some way. Or we're going to see a completely new medium arise with the growing technology, especially CGI and everything. But we all know what the real reason is. It's money. Money! Yeah. You know, we've kind of taken a hit at these films, but they are raking in tons and tons of money. Alice in Wonderland, over $1 billion. Maleficent, $758 million. Cinderella, $543 million. Alice Through the Looking Glass, $299 million. The Jungle Book, $966 million. And Beauty and the Beast, $461 million. Wow. Yep. So it really doesn't matter what any of us think or what the critics say. Like, people are going to see these characters in a different, like, format because we love them. I mean, I've seen most of them in theater, so I've contributed. That's fine. If people like them, that's absolutely fine. Um, But I I think for especially when we market to children, I think there needs to be some responsibility to give children something that isn't exactly mindless. We look at a company like Disney and we think quality. That's what we've grown up to see. And it's very disappointing to see Disney just take the easy route. They could make these films in a way that is new and unique, as we see with the Jungle Book. But instead, they answer questions that don't need to be answered. They they focus on characters that don't need to be the focus. And especially in the case of the Beauty and the Beast, it's very sad to see how audiences and bad film criticism have impacted Hollywood when people keep pointing out small nitpicks like Bella Stockholm Syndrome, which that's dumb, okay? Wow, that's, wow. Everyone has said that. That's as lazy as the Avatar's Pocahontas criticism. It is, and but Disney has adapted to that, and they try to answer those questions to avoid criticism, even if it's bad. And because so many people perpetuate that, that's what we get. So not all of the blame is on Disney. Um, Cinema Sins... Um, bad film criticism nostalgia critic people like that um they are impacting movies and i think that's important to note we can't just be like well disney's just lazy they're they're a business they're reflective they're trying to make their films based on the market and the market is reflecting you know they want this well I know this is super cynical, but let's look at the upcoming remakes for all these films. Oh, there are so many on this list. I didn't even know about half of these until I, I looked them up. Because I looked them up. And this isn't, in- this isn't including the movies that are based on their theme park rides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're doing one with The Rock, aren't they? Jungle Cruise. Yes. I'm so sad. <laughs> so am I. There's a line in Disney. I think you just fully crossed it. They erased the line and drew, like, a circle. <laughs> They're like, eh. This... No one has questions about the rides. Well, the first film that I found that really surprised me was Lady and the Tramp. There's not a release date, but it's set to launch as part of Disney's new streaming service that's launching. Oh, so it's going to be even worse than the, uh, they yeah. usually are. <laughs> yeah, and they even said, like, they're gonna, like they're doing CGI, obviously, but think about how awkward that's going to be. With the Pete or the people i think the people, people are going to be real and then you have the you're following around these animated dogs it's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like show dogs <laughs> stop. oh no oh, stop. oh no stop. disney why that 
spaghetti scene is going to look real weird. All of it's going to look real weird. Because if they don't include the spaghetti scene, there's going to be a riot. So Charlie Bean is set to be the director. And he's actually really interesting because he's worked on Tiny Toons, The Animaniacs, Batman the Animated Series as a layout artist. But as a director, he directed the Lego Ninjago movie. Ah, yes. Of course. (laughs) An auteur, if you will. (laughs) What a classic. (laughs) Classic. Next, we have Cruella. Okay. With I don't I couldn't find too much on this one, but the rumor is that Emma Stone is set to star. And just for clarity, all this is coming from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, Emma Stone as Cruella, I guess. Sure, I've, I'm pretty sure. I yeah. sure I guess she can work. Why yeah. we already have like live action. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Uh, yeah. uh, this will probably be for me to sympathize with Cruella, but that's not going to happen. Why? Because I'm a dog lover. And <laughs> she she, she so abuses animals. Can you animals? imagine if, like, as a child, she got bitten by a Dalmatian? I don't care. <laughs> something dumb. I've been bit by plenty of dogs. I don't want a fur coat out of them. Next, we have Peter Pan. with. <gasps> yes, okay. a real Disney's Peter Pan, <laughs> not Warner Brothers. No. Okay, why is Reese Witherspoon being in talks oh, to be Tinkerbell. Here, here's the thing. That was announced back in 2016 while I was graduating high school because I found it funny because I was in a play playing Tinkerbell and then I found out they're doing another live action movie. And I was like, why Reese Witherspoon of all people? Better yet, why another Peter Pan movie? She's not relevant. There's been so many. Very odd. Yeah, and Peter Pan, you know, it's one of those stories that it's very dated. It's very boring. Very dated. Yes. Uh, the only way you can adapt it is if you have people eating children. So uh, the tribes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see how they modernize that one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> as, as somebody who was in a low-budget production of Peter Pan. Peter Pan? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. No. Cast as the Indian chief. Oh, no. I'm sorry, world. Well, we're going to move on from that awkwardness. Please do. (laughs) Uh, Pinocchio is set to be directed by Paul King, who directed the Paddington films. Oh, oh, now we're talking. Which is, they're actually good (laughs) films. Paddington 2 is a cinematic masterpiece. It's beautiful. They might have, that might be a good one. That's something I'll look forward to. Okay, but America's husband, Tom Hanks, is um, in talk speed Geppetto, so I don't know how this could fail. It could fail. It could fail hard. It could. (laughs) One that I am extremely interested in because the original isn't very good is the Sword in the Stone remake. Brian Cogman, who's a writer and producer of Game of Thrones, is set to write the script. Ooh, that could be good. Isn't that crazy? That's interesting. We might have a live action that beats the original. Honestly, that's what I want them to co- I want them to do films that didn't get the attention they deserved or weren't executed very well. You know what I want to have a live action? Atlantis. No. 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 That would be not? terrible. Yeah, it's too recent. I I think that the best the best possible live action movies are going to be the ones where they go back into the Disney vault yep. for like the really older movies, like the ones that could actually use the update. And think about like Atlantis with all of the technology okay, in that movie. Yeah, that would okay. I just so much CGI. It just gets underrated. And the last thing, pe- I know people who've never seen the original Atlantis, but they saw the sequel movie, and I'm like, stop. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not terribly a big fan of Atlantis, but it, it looks nice. I love Atlantis. So this next one confuses me. Yeah, I read it and I was confused. Snow White, but a spinoff called Rose Red. Finally. And it's going to focus 
on um, Snow White's estranged sister. When did Snow White ever have a sister? I was going to ask. Did you not read my fan fiction? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Did I, like, miss something about the original? Honestly, I'm not. Like, I've read the, like, original tale. She, I'm pretty sure she does not have a sister. I hate the name, too. Like, Rose Red, Rose Snow White. Come Snow on. Snow White, Rose Red. Boo. For my children. Boo. Um, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul are set to be songwriters, and a script is going to be done by Aaron Cressida, who wrote for Girl on a Train. So we can already tell that this is going to be one of those edgy remakes in the vein of, like, Tim Burton, which nobody needs. No. I don't need this in my Especially life. Especially about a character that's never existed. No one even likes Snow White that much. No. I've never met a little girl who's like, you know, Snow White's my favorite princess. I just had a terrible idea that oh, I'm no. not going to share. I need to know. All right, well, all right. Well, uh, this is going to be published or we could just edit it out. <laughs> uh, Rose Red replaces the prince. Okay. Um, that's not... But it's a, her estranged sister. Exactly. No. Stop. Boom. <laughs> the Little out. Mermaid. <laughs> the Little Mermaid is going to be... The songs are going to be written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I'm not convinced that they don't have chained up somewhere at Disney, and Alan uh, Menken. Apparently. Alan Menken's coming back for this one. Um, okay. But that's kind of confusing because he already wrote the songs, so that tells me they're going to write new songs, which actually, yeah. If Lynn manuel is there, they're already going to have new songs, to which I have to ask, why? Well, because well, th- those old songs are outdated. Like, come on. I don't even mind new songs, but I'm going to use the new Mary Poppins as an example. Absolute garbage. Um, Dang. They, uh, it's, they tried to mimic the sound of the old movie, but they were all so bland because they didn't want to like be creative and new with it. And that's what I see happening with new songs. Like in Beauty and the Beast, the new songs don't fit with the old ones. But I mean, Al Macon's a genius, so he might be able to pull it off. So is Lin-Manuel Miranda. That is true. Who's amazing. Um, but I kind of want him to be able to go direct his own things. Yes, I need like another like Broadway musical. Same. I'm, nope. Disney, why are you like Disney owns him <laughs> Disney. now. They also have Josh Gad. Um, Josh Gad, who is a LeFou in Beauty and the Beast, is also trapped. And he's also the snowman in a yeah, Frozen. Olaf. Olaf that's he's his name. trapped. They're just trapping all the good Disney people. owns your soul now. Yay! Once you do one movie for them. You You're know. done. Um, but The Little Mermaid is going to be directed by Rob Marshall, who did the new Mary Poppins, oh, Mary Poppins yeah. Returns. Well, that's even more concerning. So it's going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. <sighs> Um, Didn't some other company just do a Little Mermaid spinoff? Like, Little Mermaid movie? I don't know about that one. It was about... Because the kid from Lion King... Or not Lion King. Lion Witch in the Wardrobe plays, like, what's supposed to be the prince. The blonde one. And, like, she's, like, her soul was... She's a part of the circus. Um, look it up. It was really weird. What the it's heck? the Little Mermaid. You know what? Like what? That. I'm not going to look that up because I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I hope this is another Warner Brothers picture. <laughs> so I think this next one is kind of one that we're all looking forward to. Um, and for good and bad is Mulan, um, directed by Niki Caro. And it's not, we don't know too much about it, but we're looking at a 2020 release date. I, uh, I'm concerned about this one, but I'm also like, it's one of my favorite Disney movies. Or Mulan, yeah, we're talking about Mulan. Um, I'm excited, but also concerned. The problem with the original Mulan is that, in Moana too, by extent, 
uh, and Pocahontas, is that these people are all white, making yes. stories about different ethnicities of people uh, from a white perspective. I do know that they've talked about getting rid of the villain in Mulan. Um, the Huns are not going to be the villains. Um, there's also no songs. Yeah, and... No and Mushu and no Shang. The song, Why? Yeah, so it, it's... There's a new general. An odd choice. I really don't know what to think about what, this what one. What general? General Sao? <laughs> oh, wow, that was terrible. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, no, I hate it. I guess, I guess <laughs> oh, Cursed movie. <laughs> cursed. I guess they're concerned. The reason they're taking Shang out and adding another general, I guess... They're trying to be feminist. They're trying to be feminist. What they think is feminist. They're also trying to make it blatantly clear that this man falls in love with Mulan after she's revealed it's a, she's a girl. I guess there was some some people in recent years have been like Shang's by. And so, what? What? Who are these people? I need to have a discussion. I. I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but that's just what's. I mean, I've heard up. the joke that people are like, "Oh, he's attracted to a man," but like. No, people actually believe. Sure. Okay. What a good joke. It's a funny joke. It's really funny. To that make was fun as of... funny as my general sow joke. You know, maybe we shouldn't make jokes about non-heteronormative people. Yeah. That'd be cool. But I mean, like, I, I think more of the reason is just like Mulan. I th- the pro they like they made it a big deal that she had like an arranged marriage and like she defied gender conventions for her society. So maybe they're like, if she has a man, that means she's weaker. I, I don't uh, know. Who cares? No one. This was not an issue. Who, who, the, this. No one had you're this making issue. an issue out of nothing. This is this is corporate feminism. Yep. Because, as we all know, corporations really care about feminism. No. Thank you, corporation. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly concerned about the portrayal of Chinese people and yes. Chinese culture. Uh, a lot of the culture shown in the original Mulan isn't Chinese at all. Yeah. <laughs> um. So hopefully they actually have consultants. And, you know, yeah. I know this is a crazy thought, but maybe Chinese filmmakers and, like, you know, no. writers? No? Okay, no, I'm, I'm, all right, not. I quit. I was a little sad when they said Mushu wasn't going to be on there. I just want the line about dishonor on your cow. I just don't understand where they're going, but it could be good, hopefully. It could be good. We can hope. So here's the big boy, uh-huh. the Lion King. Hey, kids, you like Beyonce? You like that the Lion King? Me. Here's a uh, Nala as wait, Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce wait, is Nala. Beyonce is Nala? Yes. Yeah. Why? That's wait, you didn't know that? Didn't know <laughs> that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know this casting. I knew the rest of the casting here, but I didn't know Beyonce was Nala. Yep. Yeah, I had so many issues when that happened. Why are we casting singers as actors? Yeah, and Was she ever again. acted in anything? Also, I have a question. You know, a lot of these are, like, written in the form of a musical. Why are we so opposed to getting people who are actually musically trained to sing? That's true. Not even just, like, musically trained. What's wrong with Broadway singers? Musical theater. Hello? You know, the people that know their craft? Hello? I mean, am I excited that James Earl Jones is returning? Yeah, but I mean, like... Besides that... I mean, isn't it like with the with the Disney Renaissance movies? Pretty much all of like the voice actors were musical theater people. Yep, Susan Egan, who's not a Disney princess, she was uh, Meg in Hercules. She was uh, Belle on Broadway. Paige O'Hara definitely did musical theater. Um, oh my gosh, 
Like I, I know, I know that I don't think Simba sung his own his own songs. I think they got someone different to sing for Simba. Yeah, Matthew Broderick did not sing. Yeah, uh, I think from Scarred what I understand, in... they got the guy who also sings for Donkey Kong and the Donkey Kong TV show. Oh what? God. I believe so. I could Why? be wrong. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. Um, there are two Jeremys that play Scars, I believe, but uh, mm-hmm. one's switched out. So, but I think they do it seamlessly. I would prefer that if they really don't want them to like do the speaking roles. Like, please have Let somebody sing. That's how we end up with Emma Watson's. Yeah. But the cast of this, they really pulled out the big guns for this. So we have Donald Glover as Simba, James Earl Jones reprising the role of Mufasa, Eckner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Pumbaa, John Oliver as Zazu, Keegan-Michael Key as Kamari? Yeah. And Nala as Beyonce. Who's Kamari? Is that Simba's mom? No. No. Kamari is a Final Fantasy character. I don't know who Kimari is. What do you mean? Who? Hold on. Is Everybody, a, what is what's is going a on? New She's a, 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 one of the hyenas. What? Okay, their names are Shinzi, Bonsai, and Ed. I know that. No. One's... What? I don't know. Shinzi, Bonsai, and Ed. Those are definitely what they were in the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were absolutely. I guess they're changing it. What? What's going on? Even I in the musical, guess. that's their names. I don't know. Okay, well... It's a male hyena set to appear in the 2019 remake of Lion King. So it's a new character. Why? We had three. Maybe they want a fourth. Whoopi Goldberg wasn't good enough for you? She couldn't come back? Yeah. Maybe uh, she didn't want to. I I kind of agree with her. Uh, But this is going to be directed by Jon Favreau. He directed Iron Man 1 and 2 and The Jungle Book, which he is also set to return for The Jungle Book 2. So he's a real, he's actually a good director. He's an established director. So this could be a good movie. I just don't understand why yeah. it's going to exist. Yeah. Um, Kamari is replacing Bonsai. Okay. So it's going to be Shinzi, Kamari, and they renamed Ed, too. Odd. Odd to choice. Azizi? I probably really said that wrong. Odd. That's good. Well, are we excited for these? I'm not too excited for Lion King. I mean, I love Lion King. It has a special place on my heart, but seeing a CGI version of Mufasa die is not going to be a, a highlight of my day. <laughs> uh, this movie looks terrible. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be upfront with it. it. Like The CGI in Jungle Book was fine. It does not look fun. As fine for the Lion King. The faces are strange. Oh, that's yeah. real. And like, how can you call this a live action movie it's when not. it's entirely CGI? Yeah. This is this is a joke. It's like they didn't even really switch the way it's animation, just a different form of it. And my thing with live actions is I'm cool if like, you know, they add, change some things up. I don't know what they could change up in the Lion King. Yeah, it's pretty established at this it's point. It's pretty established. The what should happen, what needs to happen and so i just don't know all right guys well i think we're all pretty cynical about these but what just to wrap up what makes a good remake or like a re a retelling you can go first yeah all right so uh what i like to see with the disney remakes and what most of them don't do is they use the form of live action uh like the different things you can do artistically with live action movies to tell the story in a different way uh, they do. They attempt this, of course. Uh, the Jungle Book mo- mostly succeeds, and uh, Beauty and the Beast mostly fails. 
if you're going to retell the story, make it a sto- make it worth seeing over the original or, you know, alongside the original cuz they ex- they can exist together. They can coexist. But just don't try to replace the original. Make your own make your own remake, requel, sequel, soft seaboot. Seaboot? <laughs> sequel reboot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Oh, I have so much to say about this. Um, first thing, I think it's very important to analyze what movie you're trying to make a live action. Some movies are not meant to be live action. If you have to CGI the whole thing that is not live action, please don't do that. Um, Lion King. But also, I want something that... What makes it good is when you add something to the story without ruining the original, like Tanner was kind of saying. Like, I want something more, but I also don't want you to, like, change the whole story because they're good stories for a reason yeah absolutely well i guess go see dumbo think about it for yourself i'm not optimistic i'm not going to go see it in theaters i'm gonna wait until it's like a dollar at the red box but ultimately i think that these remakes are very they're very expensive but they feel cheap with the exception of the Jungle Book. So I hope that we see an increase in quality and hopefully they'll start showcasing stories that actually need retellings. The Sword in the Stone is what I'm excited for the most. So crossing my fingers. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? I can't wait for Aladdin. I am excited. <laughs> Aladdin Aladdin looks Aladdin. wonderfully bad. Yeah, yeah it's I agree. Going to be, it's going to be a train wreck. Like, this will be an entertaining train wreck, at least. Yes. I, have a, I have a good feeling. Plus, I love Naomi Scott, so I'm kind of excited. Cross your fingers, kids. I can't wait to have the genie rap as Will Smith. Well, yes. on that note, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. I have been your host, Emily Rubin. With me, I have... Tanner Kenny, Ashley Curry. And Tanner, someone's reviewing Dumbo coming up. Yes, somebody is reviewing it. In fact. <laughs> Who is reviewing it? Uh, Trevor is. Trevor Sheffield. All right, so when that goes up... Go give it a read. Determine whether or not you want to go see it. <laughs> don't. Don't. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go on and say don't. But thank you all so much for listening. You can read all of our content at ByteBSU.com and The Ball State Daily. You can follow us at ByteBSU on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to read the new review of Dumbo coming out and Aladdin whenever we you know, get to finally see it. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Input 2.